0: becoming christ-like right there there we go can you hear me okay my plugs are in my ears too much and there There you go it is friday the 13th and our show is cursed
1: (laughs) don't you dare say that
0: (laughs) it's not cursed but it is friday the 13th can you believe that yeah this is becoming christ-like right here on blog talk radio in the road less travel we had uh Boy, it was a busy morning, wasn't it?
1: It was. We had a few technical glitches this morning we had to work on.
0: And I'll tell you why There's a techni- there was a technical glitch, and I, I hate this. Last night was a night of interpretation for my son. Oh. That's when the forensics team gets together, and they present all of their pieces for whoever wants to come. Well, I, I wanted to record it, and so uh, I took my laptop uh, that we use in the studio for Jimbo to Skype, mm-hmm. and I, I recorded, I recorded the audacity on it, so I recorded the sound on it, and I also recorded video, and so I brought the computer back. But when you do that, the computer shuts off, mm-hmm. and then when you turn it back on, because of Windows, it says, "Hey, I want to update." Uh-huh, yes it does. And so it spent 45 minutes updating and then when it updated we had a little we had a little deal with the so I I we couldn't get Jimbo until until later. So I just I hate those updates. I hate them. I just oh, uh, I, I just cuz they come on and they're like, "Hey, we're going to do something they great over. for you." Take over. Yeah. Yeah, they take over. And they do that every time that you um that that you try and <laughs> do so We got plans And it,
1: the computer's it, plans Wasn't our
0: plans. And I didn't even know uh, uh, I, I didn't even know That today was Friday the 13th Or I would have never done that You can see right there 22 days before Easter Oh wow 22, 22 days left 22. in Eden And the reason I know that Is one Because Jimbo has it on the board <laughs> but,
1: That's the only way We know what's going on
0: But I know That Easter is the day Before my birthday
1: Oh really? Yeah. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. Well, well, it isn't always because Easter changes, but it is yeah, this year. Yeah, but I can't ever remember your birthday. It's on my calendar. What home. What the right?
2: heck? What?
0: It's April sixth. It's always April sixth. Remember, you gotta remember that. Okay. There you go. It's April sixth. Yeah, you'll forget it. I know <laughs> it will. <laughs> <laughs> be too much. Hey, if you want to find us, uh, you can go to, and we had we had trouble with this yesterday, but you can go to be more Christlike dot com. Uh, the thing that we don't have up there, we don't have the slide up there, but you can also follow us on the mobile at M dot christlike. dot com. You can listen to the show Prayer Request. Uh I had a prayer request yesterday yes. that you sent to me and, and uh I did uh I sent one back and was able to talk to that individual for a little bit. Oh, so very good uh, on, on Gmail. So that was good. Uh all that kind of stuff. Uh you can also find us on Facebook <laughs> which which you had trouble with yesterday. I Chris. did. Yeah, all kinds of, It was a it was a precursor to Friday the Thirteenth.
1: Well, I guess so. That's right. But everything's yep. back running, so it yep. makes it
0: alive. You can see us right there at Be More Christlike on Facebook. You can also go to Twitter. At Christ like today, we got that back up and running for yes. you yesterday and everything looks okay on Well, it?
1: we had this cute little egg on there that's not our <laughs> emblem and I thought who changed that? I'm not and then it it's wouldn't a, let me in. It's
0: a default for Twitter. Uh, for the for the bird yeah. is an egg. And so when you're but it okay. wasn't affecting the site, it was just affecting Hootsuite.
1: Yeah, but I was afraid somebody was playing in there because somebody pretended to be me yesterday on my personal
0: Yes, they did. And so I thought, you and know I what, I'm taking
1: and, no chances.
0: I went in and reported them.
1: Good. And they told in, people yeah.
0: told me it was gone, so I'm good. Yeah. I went in and reported. And I said, That's not Dawn. No. I know that. Dawn in a little picture and that's that's not her. <laughs> so
1: uh, they said they were. Uh, it was a scam. Somebody was starting to get stuff that you won money and you send in. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, they were letting me know what it was.
0: Ooh. You won some money. Yeah. But this is becoming Christ-like. I'm Derek Hutchison. This is Dawn or Jimbo is in the producers' booth. Uh, we are glad that you're here with us on Friday the thirteenth. So, <laughs> even if, even if, uh, you know, who knows. Uh, what else is going to go on? Real quick, how did your uh, how did your week go? It was busy.
1: I caught the garbage going around. My granddaughter shared her cold with me, but mm-hmm. other than that, it was good. Except I just didn't feel real good.
0: Also exciting. I don't know. I, I can't remember the shows, and I can't remember. But I think I don't think we did it on. Uh, I think they were still there. You know that last week when we were talking, I mentioned that my son. And Jeremy were at uh, national qualifications, yes. and they won.
1: Ah, I and think I see that on Facebook.
0: They won, and so they are off to nationals June fifteenth through the twentieth. And in where is that held? Dallas, Texas. Woohoo! And wow. this coming a week from today, uh, next to a show that we'll be talking about, they will be at state. Wow. So they will be trying to qualify for state. There are two different things. There's a there's a Chassa, which is the Colorado High School Athletic Association. Mm-hmm. That's that's the state qualif or that's the state championship, which is very, very hard because now they're up against everybody in the state of Colorado Absolutely. as opposed to the national qualifications, which falls under National Speech and Debate Association. So they're qualifying to try and they qualified to get there uh, uh-huh. in national. So
1: congratulations, guys.
0: And I got to see their piece last night. It will be going up on YouTube later on today. I started to load it this morning and it said it'll take 45 minutes. And I thought I can't do that. And I that,
1: don't have time for that.
0: So it will be up uh, on Solo and dot com. You can check that out. The cool. first time I got to see the piece.
2: Oh, wow. I've never
0: seen the piece. Cool and it's it's just amazing. And so it'll be up on uh it'll be up on Solomon Hutch's Facebook later on today and I'll share it on on my personal page. But very proud of them. Absolutely. So, anything else? Not here. You don't have anything to be critical of today.
1: Uh well, I think my whole life is critical. This is a major factor here.
0: <laughs> okay, so we're going to we're going to talk about that uh later, but we're, first of all, let's go ahead and start uh with a time of prayer. Gracious Father, as we come before you this day, we are thankful for all that you have given to us. We are thankful that we can serve you. And so we pray, Father God, as we go through this this study, uh, as we study today about having a critical attitude, that you would soften our hearts, that you would open our minds, that indeed we might be open to what you have to say to us. Help us to not be so critical. And so, Father God, we give this time to you for all that we say and do on this program for all who are listening. uh, We pray that it would give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so... I'm not quite sure. Is, is, is Say something for me, real quick, Don.
1: Okay, I'm saying something. Yeah, there you is, go. Uh, am I there?
0: Yeah, I okay. just wanted to turn you up just a minute, and I just wasn't quite sure what button it was okay. in. Hey, we've been going through this study. It's really going fast when you look at that. You know, half it, it is. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, 22 days left of Lent. That's about three weeks. We're going to get through the majority of this. Right. You know, um,. So it's going to be, it's going to spill over, but it will definitely carry us through the Easter tide. Exactly the Easter tide season. We have been studying uh, a book called "Lord, Change My Attitude Before It's Too Late" by James McDonald, and it is uh, of uh, life changing. It is. It's a great. It has been. I'm going to use the word convicting
1: uh very much so it's a, it's a convicting
0: so. uh um book yes and what he does is he uses this different different scripture but basically he's always calling you back to those israelites going through the wilderness and and the attitudes that they have and he he calls out an attitude that he has and then gives us an attitude that we should change to and say to with. replace it with mm-hmm. And we've gone through a number of them. We've replaced a covetous attitude with a thankful attitude and and we've, uh, with contentment, excuse me, covetous and and complaining attitude with all these types of things. And chapter five gets to a place that I think a lot of people will either grab a hold of it and say, holy smokes, that's me. Or they'll say, well, that's not me at all yeah right <laughs> they will be able to, what they probably will say is i can think of a lot of people that that this fits but not but, me but not me chapter five is we need to replace our critical attitude
1: now it was very convicting for me i think yeah. i need to read this chapter maybe five or ten more times and <laughs> practice it for the next
0: 50 years he always starts with a say it in a sentence and it says, a continuously critical attitude towards those around me will consume, consume, will consume all that is healthy and joy-producing in my life. So true. I took some solace in that sentence. A continuously critical, <laughs> which indicates to me, I can be critical everyone.
1: <laughs> well- But this is a constant way of life. Right. If you see everything, because then pretty soon it just grows and grows, and you have no control
0: over it. That's right. That that's exactly right. And and so that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about this critical attitude. Um, And he he talks a little bit about it, but really what he gets into right away is the speck and the log and how many times have we used that many that whole idea of we look at the speck in the eye of somebody else and we miss the log that is jammed into ours absolutely and I, and so i think this is one of them uh, this critical attitude is and i say this on every one of them so maybe it applies to all of them but man this one really fits Everybody,
1: I think it does.
0: It really fits everybody. This I, whole I idea, think it does. Of it. yeah. And I think
1: that's part of our humanism.
0: It is. It's that human nature that says to us, we have to. and, and there's a number of reasons. How many times have you and I talked about ego? <laughs> many i think from the very first show that we ever did some two or two and a half years ago yeah. i don't know how long it goes we and you brought this up as we as we started to uh talk about boundaries was this whole idea of ego and i think a critical attitude plays into yes this whole idea of, well, especially his, the speck and log.
1: And his definition is is not wanting the best for the other person. Right. It's a critical, and ego always wants that, but a, a humble attitude wants the best for everybody. So that's the opposite of
0: it. Matthew 7, three says, why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but you do not notice the log that is in your own eye? And I think a critical attitude has a lot to do with, I need to find something wrong with you. To make me feel better. That is better. Feed, feeds my, my ego. Right. It feeds my ego. And so um, it, there really is this idea that uh, I'm not going to, because a critical attitude isn't built into us, but it is it is something that we use as a mechanism to sometimes, not always, but sometimes make us feel better. I agree. To raise us up above somebody else right. my idea is better than your
1: idea right, yeah. mm-hmm. uh the way i that know more
0: i know more the way that i want to do it mm-hmm. is better than the way that you want to do it so if we get to do it your way then i need to be critical of it mm-hmm. because i need to show everybody and i need to convince myself that my idea is better it's a power tr- it's trip po- a little it, bit it, too. it really mm-hmm. is it mm-hmm. really is he talks about going back to the desert here and he's talking about Numbers 12 uh, in verse 1. It says, Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite the woman who he had married. And he says the words spoke against are translated in the NLT as criticized. Mm-hmm. No doubt as he faced the heavy burden of leading the Lord's people, Moses needed leaders he could rely upon to help him shoulder the load. Miriam and Aaron were Moses' sister and brother. The people closest to Moses and the one he trusted the most, and for a while it seemed like everything was going great. Then all of a sudden, and put this into the context of your life. We we go through those uh, those times in our lives when things like everything's going great, and then all of a sudden, kablammy, yep. Miriam and Aaron made some choices. They got sideways on the tracks very quickly and without warning. The leader they were supporting, their own brother became a target for their criticism. I
1: think that happens a lot in life in general, in All churches, yeah. in schools, in the workplace, everywhere.
0: And and just like he does in the book, and I like this that he does that because he'll go in and he'll define, he'll give us a mm-hmm. definition of these. And he goes on to say in this, he defines what is called a destructive criticism. Uh, before that though he says our negative thinking that relates to people is called criticism Miriam and Aaron had definitely fallen into a big big time in regard to Moses he said here's a definition of destructive criticism so we will be clear as we discuss this painful subject criticism is dwelling upon the perceived faults of another with no view to their good I love that definition. It is right on. That is a good – and so begin to put that into the context of your life that says, man, if that's the definition, how critical am I of – and I know what people are going to say. I know what we get into is this whole idea of, well, Derek, I'm not being critical. I'm giving – My point of view. I'm giving my – I got
1: that actually on Twitter. Yeah. I should be able to say what I want to
0: say. Or – I'm just providing constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. It's it's okay, Derek. It's constructive criticism. Yesterday, <laughs> yesterday on the Derek and George show, Derek and George Live, which is on Thursday mornings at 8 a.m., more of a political show, kind of a conservative political show, we have this little section that George uh, guesses birthdays because we always go through birthdays. Who's famous and, and, and birthday? And we call it Carney George. And you know, you've seen the car- people at the carnival where they – Guess your age. Uh-huh. George is really good at it, if he can put it in context of people uh, that he knows. Well, yesterday, Andrew Young's birthday, was. he's an ambassador, also walked beside Martin Luther King, Selma just what happened. Anyway, it, we always put pictures up so that he can see them and everything, and he made the comment of it was a little bit harder because, he, you know, Andrew Young has put on a little bit of weight, and he says men who put on weight hide their age a little bit bigger because they look fuller and, and kind of – and it, but he but he prefaced it with this not to be mean, uh, but and I stopped him, and I said, time you say not to be mean you it's are being, mean you are it, mean. it's it's being mean, and so I think a lot of the times with this critic with this being critical and this construct there's nothing wrong with constructive criticism, but I think we can hide behind it to say, oh. Everything that I give is constructive criticism and and it isn't always because it doesn't it falls into this idea of where we are uh, dwelling upon perceived faults of another with no view no view to their good
1: or thinking that God can work through them it exactly. has to go through us first
0: that every critical piece of information that i that I flow to other people that, that i per that i that I give to other people is not critical it's just constructive i'm helping you and we find out that that isn't uh, that isn't the, the case, case no. and i would say a good majority of the time the constructive criticism that we're giving is i want my way is being critical
1: and i want my way
0: again there's nothing wrong with constructive criticism
1: but you know constructive criticism to me isn't just about the one person. It's wanting the good for the whole majority or the whole church or the whole school or the whole job right. force. And I think that's where we get to it is it, when it's my idea and I just want to have my way.
0: And the constructive criticism then also feeds back into the ego of the person that says, I'm giving you constructive criticism because you didn't take my choice. You didn't take my advice. You did it another way. And I want to tell you and show you. I want to show you how you're wrong how and you're then wrong. you become petty in it. Exactly. What he does is he breaks down that definition, which is really good. He talks about the word perceived. Yeah. He says, the reason that why I say perceived faults is because my perception of what is wrong with you is not necessarily accurate. Right.
1: And that's a great... I always used to use the word assume. I'm assuming. Right.
0: Yeah. That... <laughs> you know the thing about the... we should never assume, that type of thing. I saw one on Facebook the other day. Um... <laughs> it said... Uh, don't always follow the masses because sometimes an M is missing. (laughs) I I think so. I thought that one was a good one. Um, He says there may be circumstances that I don't understand. Maybe the problem is actually with me, not with you at all. In reality, we can become very critical of others, yet be entirely wrong in our opinion. And so uh, he talks about that. Now he builds it. He says um, let's move away from the issue of whether the faults are real or perceived. Because either way, the attitude is destructive, and I think that's a great sentence. Um, it, it, move away from the issue of whether the faults are real or perceived, because uh, either way, the attitude is destructive to us. And of course, that's the book that he's—that's uh, the book that he's writing. Lord, change my attitude. Right. Uh, this James MacDonald book that we're talking about. He says, "Now consider the words dwelling upon the perceived faults." That's the key issue, isn't it? Some I people are very positive, upbeat, and encouraging. Others are often critical of people and their actions, and they dwell upon
1: it. I think the dwelling is when it becomes a mountain out of a mohill, That's when we build it up in our mind so much that it takes over our life, and And, we don't even think straight anymore. And you
0: just keep going and going and going, and it gets worse. So it's okay
1: to recognize what you would do if you were doing it and think about it that way. But when you dwell on it and turn the person into a bad guy while you're doing it, that's when you're in error.
0: He says we lock into something. (laughs) uh, We get ourselves to the place where we can't see anything right. He says, does this ever happen to you? And since we're a Bible study show and since uh, people sit and worship, I'm going to give this one. He says, you're, you're sit, you sit through a worship service with your church and you make mental notes. That's not the way that I would do that. Or why would they do that? Or why is he moving around that way? Uh, I would never do it like that. Or The music's wrong. Or Did do you, you play? get
1: that, Derek, when you were a pastor?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Holy smokes. <laughs> Everybody gets it. It, it doesn't if matter if you're a pastor, doesn't matter if you're a worship leader, doesn't matter if you're a uh, uh, whatever. Um, if you stand up and perform, Uh, In front of somebody, and I'm not saying worship is a performance, but in you you are providing a performance of some sort, Mm -hmm. you're going to get credit. You are absolutely, you can't make everybody. I
1: know this is a little bit later on, but Uh I think I'm going to add it now just because you said that. They said then, too, when the family goes home and discusses it over Sunday dinner and they have roast pastor for (laughs) lunch and i thought oh my gosh that's horrible because isn't that what people do i don't know why they did that or the song was sure. too slow the the tempo wasn't right and the pastor shouldn't have said that and then it brings that critical attitude into your family mm-hmm. and into the way your kids see how you relate to god and the godly people around you
0: and into your church
1: and into your church yeah
0: again i think with every one of these attitudes we have to look at it and say there's there's nothing wrong with saying, oh, I wonder why he or she did that. I wonder why he said that. I wouldn't have said that that way. Mm-hmm. There, it, it's it's all about the attitude of mm-hmm. it. What's behind what you're saying? What is why behind? Why are you saying it? That's exactly right. Is it
1: a casual comment that could hurt loose lips right. or is it meant for some other motive, the motive?
0: Right. And so he's he's very clear on that. Uh, in, in his book, uh, Lord change my attitude before it's too late about this, this whole idea of it, it being the attitude of, um, uh, and talking about in numbers 12. So, uh, he, he, he has this little, <laughs> I like the little tiny, uh, subsections that he puts in, in any, he, he has a little one that says, should you talk with someone about someone else.
1: Oh, I thought this was very interesting.
0: (laughs) When teaching about criticism, someone will inevitably ask, this is James McDonald writing, what about talking to a third party about a person's fault? If I see something that's wrong in my friend's life, would it be wrong for me to talk to another friend about what I observed? Is that critical conversation? And he says, not necessarily. It's only wrong if my intention, and there's that thing again, what is, what's your intention? Why are you doing it? What's the What outcome do you want uh, from this thing? What's your intention? If your intention is not to help the friend in whom I observe the fault, it's not a critical conversation when the goal is trying to help. Again, though, <laughs> we talk ourselves into it and we say to ourselves, <laughs> well, I'm just helping. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I just stood there and ripped you a new one and and made you embarrassed in front of everybody. And it's okay, because I was just trying to help. Mm -hmm. We have to go back in. Again, we talk about Lent all the time, this idea of uh, self-inspection, self-introspection, self-inventory, and get to that idea that says is that what I'm really trying – is is that what I'm really trying to do?
1: See, and I love the key into this because mm-hmm. it says if you want go to – Go ahead and share that. Oh, well, I'll let you read it. No, because, just go
0: ahead, wherever you're at.
1: Well, I wasn't. I was just oh, well, knocking so, off the top of my head. Do it. it
0: that's uh, great.
1: It said, uh, when you go to sue about Sally, if you can't stop at the end of your conversation about Sue and say, now let's just stop for a moment and pray about this situation mm-hmm. because I really want to help Sally. Yeah. You've got a problem. Yeah. If you are not clear about your motives in sharing a situation with the third party, then you're probably practicing gossip and not
0: genuine. Oh, my God. And now all of a sudden in his writing, it's not only about being critical. It's about being gossipy. Gossiping.
1: Yes. <laughs> but, you know, I was thinking Come about on. the stopping and praying. Sure. We have a certain friend, Bertha, mm-hmm. and every time oh, I go friend. to her and I say, oh, I don't know what to do mm-hmm. about this. You know, her first response is, "Let's pray about it right now." Right. And I thought that is so fabulous.
0: Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people just you just don't think about that, and so um, it it is. It, it's just a, a fantastic way of keeping check of what your intentions, your motives, your goals mm-hmm. are. Absolutely. Um, when when you're engaging in what you to be, you believe to be constructive criticism, helpful man, a, a, a helpful attitude or a helpful uh, objective, because we talk, like I said, we talk ourselves into it so much, we and do. and say, uh, and we've been, you know, everybody who has. Every you know, everybody has been party to a, a situation, a circumstance where somebody has just been torn down and, and just berated and just beaten down and then and then there's this idea of oh I'm just helping. Yeah. And and I don't think that Sometimes
1: that, I've got so I told people it's really none of our business. If, mm. if you want to run the program, if you want to run the worship program, then get involved in it and become a part of it. Otherwise, you're just an agitator causing problems.
0: Right, that's, that's exactly right. Uh, and so we're we're talking about this. Uh, Lord, change my attitude before it's too late, uh, written by James McDonald. We're going to take a break here in a few minutes. When we when our uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about these different. And he does this a lot. He talks about principles. Uh, And we're going to talk about how criticism is wrong, the effects of a critical attitude. And then he says that criticism ruins our fellowship with God. And I Uh, think that that because uh, that was I really, really like that section. So we're going to try and and get through as many of these. and, And if we can. Um, we're going to try and and finish this chapter, but if we can't get to it, we'll finish it uh, next week because he's got six principles uh, here in criticism. And I think uh, this critical attitude is an important thing. So we'll see where we get to. We don't want to rush it, um, but uh, we we do want to try and be uh, the best stewards of our time. So, uh, again, we're talking about Lord Change My Attitude Before It's Too Late by James McDonald. Uh it it is a great, great book. So we want you to stay with us on the other side of this break. Oh, that's right. That's exactly right. Thank you, Jimbo. Uh we announced that on Derek and George, but uh during our during our commercial breaks we always have Uncle Jean sing. Yeah. And yesterday was Uncle Jean's birthday. Happy
1: birthday, Uncle Jean. And I
0: think you said Jimbo he's eighty three. Oh wow. Eighty, excuse 80. me. Eighty 80 years old, Uncle Gene sings during the break. Uh, He does that old-time gospel kind of stuff. I love it. And we've had him on for a long time, so we want to wish a a belated happy birthday. We wished him happy birthday yesterday, but uh, yesterday was Uncle Gene's birthday. So you'll be hearing, I believe you'll be hearing him during the break. Uh, So uh, we want you to stay with us on the other side of the break, that we continue this discussion about uh, Lord, change my attitude before it's, Too Late, written by James McDonald. You're listening to Becoming Christlike right here on Blog Talk Radio.
3: Hello to all of Derek's listeners. Thanks, Derek, for giving me time to share my heart's passion, encouraging cancer, long-term illness patients, and their families. Gilead is an outreach that encourages over 2,400 people in 38 states. Our goal is to bring hope and help to those on the journey through the unknowns of treatment, family stress, and spiritual questions. One such story is Eric, whose senior year in high school was interrupted by the cancer that he was diagnosed with, interrupting a three-sport high school year. It changed his life and his perspective. Today, Eric's family oversees a foundation helping to find a cure. We're currently in our 15th year. would love to have you as a partner, either as a volunteer or a gift financially. Look for us on Facebook at Gilead Ministries.
4: Bible on the table. It's pages worn and hard to read. But the family Bible on the table. Of day when work was over, and when the evening meal was done, Dad would read to us from the family Bible,
2: and we count our
4: many blessings one by one. the table.
0: Graduation day is almost here. You've worked so hard and now it's all paying off. Everyone will be telling you how proud they are. Give them one more thing to be proud of. Celebrate graduation safe and sober. Don't let drugs and alcohol threaten what you've worked so hard to achieve. This message is brought to you by Southeast Health Group, your local resource for drug and alcohol treatment. Call 1-800-511-5446 for more information about a safe and sober graduation. Welcome back to Becoming Christ-like on the road less Travel, Blog Talk Radio. So
2: you thought you had to keep this up.
0: Welcome back to Becoming Christ-like right here on Blog Talk Radio. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you. Okay, good. Uh, we've been talking about this uh, book called Lord Change My Attitude Before It's Too Late. Written by James McDonald, and uh, he's talking about replacing this critical attitude. And I, I think it is just so important that we get we get a a hold of this because it, we had talked about how much it can actually just boy just ruin you absolutely. And so, uh, really go ahead. I think we
1: need to make the point that everybody has this because the, the example in it was Miriam. And Miriam was a godly woman. Sure. I mean, she she saved Moses, got Moses into the reeds, into the water, um, Mm -hmm. actually wrote a song about the uh, parting of the sea and stuff. Uh So I think that we need to realize that no matter how godly we are, we can fall back into this trap so easily. Right.
0: Yeah. And and I think on a daily basis. (laughs) Yes. On a daily basis. In his writing, James McDonald's talks, he always gives uh, these these different points, and I think that they're really good. We're going to go through principles. We're going to go through real quickly. He says, principle one, criticism is wrong. Uh, and we you don't have to be a Bible scholar to pull that one from the text. Criticism is a sin, and, the, and uh, the passage says so. Again, he's talking about in Numbers, do not account this sin to us, in which we have acted foolishly, in which we have sinned. And so we have to remember that, and he talks about that in, in all of these, these attitudes that we need to get rid of. He talks about how taken to a certain extent, done wrongly, done poorly, uh, can, can be that, that sinful nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he talks about this idea of criticism ruins our fellowship with God. It doesn't destroy our relationship with God, but criticism changes our capacity to sense his love and his presence.
1: I think it was really important that we're talking about fellowship and relationship. And I think that mm-hmm. on Twitter and Facebook, I get a lot of people who question the difference.
2: Right. If I've
1: done something wrong, I'm going to hell is what I used to get a lot. Sure. And I think this has helped me be able to tell them it's ruining your fellowship with him, but right. not your relationship but with him. But not your
0: relationship. Mm-hmm. That's And there's a big difference between that. Yes. Um, he, he says our critical attitude hurts us. And it does; uh, it destroys our fellowship with others. And so, uh, that's a good example of how it permeates all parts of of our life. When uh, not just, and so in in an act that we think is okay, I'm now being critical of so and so. It's going to hurt them and nobody else. So what's the big deal? Is is a fallacy? That's, that's just right. not true. Right. It it seeps into every part of our life. Principle two, he says that criticism is petty. <laughs> that principle was at work when Aaron and and Miriam criticized Moses for marrying the Cushite woman. Um, and it is, we've used that word before, uh, very much that it is petty. He has a little section in here that's entitled, he's a jerk. I hate him.
1: (laughs) Yeah. How many times have we done that?
0: Yeah. He said, Whoa, I couldn't believe it. All this bitter stuff poured out of her about her feelings towards his family. Remember he's talking about a story that he told who had caused so much injury. Uh, he talks about how criticism makes us envious, makes us jealous, makes us resent people mm-hmm. and And when you begin to really look at it, that that word "critical" is so loaded in our lives. Mm-hmm. Never would you have thought, or do we step back in a moment that we are being critical critical and think to ourselves? Man, this is probably not only hurting the individual I, I'm directing it towards, but it's hurting me. It's hurting my uh, uh, my fellowship with God. It's hurting other people in my lives, yes. uh, my relationship to them. It it's it's making me envious. It's making me petty. It's making me resenting. It is it is like a a dagger that we set and and pound into our chest yes. every time we do it.
1: Exactly. We're hurting ourselves.
0: Yeah. We're just we're just really hurting uh ourselves. He talks about principle three, and we covered this a little bit so we don't have to spend a lot I think criticism is self exalting. Mm-hmm. Is that idea that, that we use criticism to make ourselves look better, to feel better. Uh and in doing that we lift ourselves above others and we lift ourselves above God. And, and we're
1: talking about ego again. Yeah,
0: and we're talking about ego uh pr- principle 4 criticism is painful he says unexpected principle this is an unexpected principle of criticism uh let's look at criticism in, in criticism's impact on another person you're probably well aware of the pain of someone criticizing you he talks about imagine moses and his brother and sister talking to him and the pain that comes a person who is co- constantly or continually criticized can become good for nothing we've talked about that um it, and then he goes on to say How do you respond to such criticism? The key is to remember, we are not here to win people's approval, but God's. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt said, it's not the critics who count, not the one who points out how the strong man stumbles or how the doer of deeds might have done it better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred with sweat and dust and blood, who strives valiantly who errs and comes short again and again, who knows great enthusiasm, the great devotions, and spends himself in a worthy cause, who if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. His place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. That's, Isn't that, uh, that awesome? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Teddy Roosevelt. So, yeah. that, I mean, that it really is. And so... <clears throat> Again, what he's talked about in this principle is not only our effect on other people, but also how do we respond mm-hmm. to criticism.
1: Well, the next line, it says, I encourage you to turn down the volume on the critics in your life. Mm-hmm. Your, center your attention on what God thinks of you in your life. Will That's be better. hard.
0: That's yeah. tough, isn't it?
1: Well, yeah, I remember I used to have so many voices in my head, I didn't know who was and who wasn't, and yeah. who was God, and what was godly and what wasn't.
0: Yeah, it is it is really tough, especially when you're being bombarded yes. by criticism.
1: If it's in every <clears throat> facet of your life.
0: Yeah, that's exact. That it, it really is. We talk about how in certain areas in your life, in certain arenas in your life, you have to Uh, build up a tough, uh, a thick skin. Yeah. A a thick skin. And And it's
1: easier for some people than others. The enablers and the fixers and that kind of stuff have a real difficult time. Right.
0: Because here's the truth of it. The critical people that come in and out of your life are not going to disappear. No.
1: A new one will replace it.
0: Even if you address the critical nature, your critical attitude, that's not going to fix somebody else. Right. And we have to remember that the criticism is going to come and we need to take it uh, for what it's worth. Principle five, he says, uh, criticism is often inadvertent. A fifth principle of criticism that we learn through Aaron and Miriam is that criticism is often inadvertent. This is a very important point. Not every person who criticizes has a wicked, awful heart. A healthy portion of critical things that people say are words they wouldn't say if they thought twice. People including you and me, often utter careless, thoughtless words that strike others like a slap in the face. He talks about the numbers twelve eleven that says when when Aaron says "We have acted foolishly yes. and a lot of the times unfortunately and so we need to we need to figure out how how we are proactive instead of reactive in this mm-hmm. critical attitude.
1: And because I think the part that misses it, sometimes mm-hmm. we have to give people grace for when they do that. If we know they're having a bad right. day, they're under stress, mm-hmm. then we give a little grace when somebody actually does that. And you you know that's not general of their character to do that.
0: That's exactly right. And so we get to this point in our lives when we do, because it it really doesn't, it might help us in the long run, but it doesn't help the person that we hurt if we are reactive in our realization of critical uh, attitudes because the damage is done mm-hmm. now you can go back and ask for forgiveness and say i'm sorry i'm so sorry i did that and, and that can heal
2: mm-hmm.
0: but it doesn't it doesn't stop the pain of that moment
1: but how many people do that
0: none it's one, well, I think that's I'm the
1: problem. Sure is do. a lot of people do yeah. not
0: do that, and so being proactive in what we say before it comes out of our mouths. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people, I'm included in some of those in some of that area. We just have zero filters. I have no filter, mm-hmm. uh, you, and so in some areas, something comes out of my mouth and think about the grace that would have been extended if i could have stopped that instead of trying to go back and apologize, apologize for it yeah and so that that our words are measured and and said what am i saying to this individual and more importantly why am i saying it if i'm going to say this and and just like james mcdonald was talking about and again we're talking about his book lord change my attitude before it's too late there are really there can there can be a confusion by using the, the measuring stick of I'm going to say this and it's not going to hurt Don's fault because I don't think it's that bad. Mm-hmm. And instead and thinking about how we would react to it instead of how they might react to it, because I may say something critical of somebody and think that isn't critical at all. I'm just you know, that's just the truth. I'm just hey, I'm just saying that's right. that whole thing. And not really taken into consideration. I'm wondering how this, this individual that I'm speaking to is going to respond.
1: Well, automatically, my thoughts here went to little children when you're mm-hmm. correcting children. You know, the, the object is to correct them so they grow mature, not right. be little and berate them down. Right. And I often think of that when we, in this same thing.
0: And finally, in, Prince, in Principle 6, he talks about that the criticism plugs the flow of God's blessing. Oswald Chambers made a brilliant observation, writes uh, James McDonald. Whenever you are in a critical temper, it is impossible to enter into communion with God. That's a scary thought.
1: Uh, I don't think I'm there in communion with God then very often sometimes.
0: And if we spend a lot of time in in that critical attitude, then, then, you know, de facto, we spend a lot of time out of communion with God. Mm
1: -hmm. And that's that fellowship that we need so much to survive on.
0: Right. And and so again, it is just so important. He talks about and, and closes each one, or or at least ends a lot of his chapters with this whole idea of up close and personal. He says it's probably not surprising that I get a significant amount of criticism. Seems to go with the pastoral territory. Amen to that, brother. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of it is deserved, some of it is even helpful, but whether deserved or not, negative comments are hard to deal with. My greatest struggle, however, is not to deal with the pain of being criticized, but to make sure that I don't catch the disease. Too often I have heard myself speaking words of criticism upon further reflection were rooted in the pain I felt from being harshly treated. This is not an acceptable excuse. We live in a world of one-upmanship, mm-hmm. and we all know the vicious cycle that can be that can be perpetrated in marriages, in friendships, in uh, in families. When you criticize me, and now I've got to criticize. And it, yeah. we started when we were little. Mm-hmm. Uh, your mama's ugly. Well, your mama's fat. Well, your dad is. You know. We, we, you know right. Is that whole idea of I've got to get I got to zing you back,
3: yeah,
0: and Rigs. and it it gets in a cycle and it can get out of control, and now you're saying things you don't even mean, you're just saying them to be mean, yeah, and see how I use that word two different meanings same yeah, yes
1: <laughs> I did notice that but I at least got it I thought
0: that was, I just thought that up right on my head there uh, so. You know, it, this one is, gosh, they're all important. Mm-hmm. All these attitudes that we talk about are important. And, and the ability to change them, to change my, and that's why next week it's going to be so important for you to listen. Uh, simply because, okay, what do I change? How that? do
1: I do yeah, that? Yeah,
0: how do I do that? Well, if if I don't have a critical attitude, what am I going to change that into? Mm-hmm. Um, and we know we know personally people who are critical we know personally people who are uplifting who who just like oh my gosh i feel so good when uh, when when they're around me and and can... we know some people that that can sit there and give us guidance and criticism and we just lap it up because it was presented in such a way in a loving way in a lo- and you're like oh my mm-hmm. gosh i'm right instead of immediately so a lot I of i think
1: that we all need to recognize who those people are in our life yes. so we can
0: go to them when we need it yes that that's exactly right uh because so many times uh we are surrounded by those individuals who are just so critical all the time all the time not for the right reason but mm-hmm. for uh that that idea of of building themselves up or or whatever, and and just like James McDonald said, it can tear you down. Yeah. yeah. And in 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 the kind of the reverse of that, we can do that to other people. Mm-hmm. It is so important when we talk about our words and our attitudes of how much, and I think James McDonald tries to capture that in his book, how much damage these attitudes, these bad attitudes, can cause in in our own lives in our fellowship with God but but e- even more so maybe in tearing down other people mm-hmm. the damage that can be inflicted by the attitudes that we have in life is mind-boggling and until we get that understanding we're going to continue in it that's exactly right and in continuing in it we pull ourselves further and further away from God mm-hmm. which I- is, is our goal in life anyway is to become more and more Christ-like, to be closer and closer to God, to build that relationship. And so until we get that understanding that, hey, these attitudes that I have are, are detrimental to that, and until that becomes a priority and an importance in our life, we're going to continue in these negative attitudes. Absolutely. With that attitude of ego that says, I'm not changing, I like who I am. Yep, does God does God like who you are? So. Um, he he says, uh, and and I think this is important. He says, of all the criticisms we receive, can, but all of the criticisms we receive cannot be dismissed. What remains must be taken to God, and so you know he's always he's always doing that. He says, let's talk solution, and he always asks these questions, and so these are important questions that you need to ask yourself and answer in a truthful manner, mm-hmm. because if you're not, then you're not. Then this is a, a fruitless exercise am I a critical person? Uh, Am I negative and harsh in my opinion of others? Am I quick to find fault? Am I an analytical person who gets carried away into criticism? (laughs) Yes, all of those things. Uh, And then he says, am I reaping the consequences in my relationship with God? Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing, and I've fallen into this, and I do this, and I think we all do this. I think what we find ourselves doing is, as we become critical in our nature and attitude towards others, we become critical in our nature towards God. Mm-hmm. Why do. did you do that that way, God? I don't think that was a good Why way to do it Why did you
1: let that. that happen? Why
0: did you let that? I don't think that was a good decision. I, I'm I'm not siding with you on that one. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, we bring God down to a human level, which is a level that he is never supposed to be at. Right. And so it it really does move from one area to another uh and and even even so as we are <clears throat> i pop right there real quick even more so as we are uh critical to god we find ourselves being more and more critical towards people
1: well and i think another key on that is we're critical about ourselves Mm-hmm. And until we love ourselves, we're critical everywhere. And you're not going to love yourself if you see everything in a critical attitude.
0: That's exactly right. He then he says, "Am I willing to repent?" That's always one. Am I willing to change? Am I going to change on this? Finally, he always says he he puts in a a, <clears throat> a section called "Look Up," and I always share that at the end. And so I'm going to do that. He says, "Lord, thank you for the priceless privilege, the priceless privilege, mm-hmm. to worship and live alongside my brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you that." Each one is known and loved by you and has his and her own story of your grace and goodness in their lives. Lord, I am like them, in that you found me in my sin also, and you have shown the light of Christ into my life. Now I am in the process of growing and becoming more like you. Help me along the way to discern the difference between loving, constructive criticism and the kind of criticism that destroys. Help me to think highly and graciously above others. Help me to pray for others. Thank you that your word has shown into my heart, and thank you for using it to reveal the price that I pay for my critical opinions. Forgive me for thinking so highly of myself. Forgive me for thinking so highly of myself. Forgive me for thinking that my perspective is always the right perspective. God, I recognize the arrogance in that. Give me the graciousness, love, and forbearance with others. Thank you, God, that you have made us all different. Help me to celebrate our differences and not demand that all the world see things exactly as I do. Give me victory over a critical spirit. Make me quick to turn from that pattern of thinking so that I might know your fullness in my life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so I think those are all great. Next week, we're going to take that critical attitude and we're going to change it and replace it. Mm-hmm. With an attitude of love, and just as it is so hard to look at that uh, and realize, yes, I am critical. There is also a time when we look at it and say to ourselves, "You know what? I love people. I'm full of love." love. And we find out that we're off. We're not. Yeah, we're not. We're not. We um, love
1: ourselves more.
0: Sure. And we're we're very yeah uh, we're very ready to to impart the love that we think others deserve.
1: Well, we say um, it because we know we're supposed to it, but it's
0: not right. really
1: what's in our heart, because what comes out of us is what's in our heart.
0: That's exactly right. You're listening to Becoming Christlike. We are talking about this book called Lord Change My Attitude Before It's Too Late by James McDonald, a great exercise through the season of Lent and on into Easter time. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's just really a, a life-changing, Absolutely. attitude-changing uh, book yes, uh, that just popped out on on my shelf that I that I have and I'm so glad that we're doing that we want you, we want to encourage you to join us each and every Friday morning 8 a.m. Mountain Standard Time here on Blog Talk Radio we're going to continue this again you can find us at be more Christlike com uh, you can find us on our Facebook at uh, becoming Christlike you can follow us on our Twitter at uh christ like today that thing's just always moving bang 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 just going 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 there's one right there just look at that 13 minutes 13 minutes ago you you posted something aren't you good i am <laughs> because of hootsuite <laughs> says watch out your criticism could also be called slander mm. there you go so check that out uh again you can email us at uh where can you email us at
1: be more christ like yeah. it
0: uh Be More Christlike at gmail.com So for everybody here at Becoming Christlike, everybody here at The Road Less Traveled, we want to uh, hope we want to encourage you and hope that you have a great Friday the thirteenth. Oh yes. Join us next Friday, eight AM Mountain Standard Time. We want to encourage you, each and every one of us, uh to become more and more Christlike. God bless. God bless.
3: Hello to all of Derek's listeners. Thanks, Derek, for giving me time.
2: We'll be